Okay, one, two, three, four, go. Okay, horrific. We are live. Whatever is not edited out is a genuine, authentic, live comment. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, motherfucker. So you said you were going to call me yesterday saying you were going to give me a topic, but you wanted to surprise me. So what would this mystery topic be? Okay, so... <clears throat> Okay, so the topic, uh, so I have Karina right next to me, okay? Okay. Uh, so the topic was, uh, I'll give you a scenario, okay? And uh, uh, Karina can butt in, you know, and say whatever she needs to say, right? So we can kind of keep it, you know, fair. Yeah, try not to run over people, got it. You know, give people right. time to, uh, yeah. So, uh, so we, had, we had a scenario. The other day, right, and we um, we met some people um, um, that I've known for uh, for quite some time. Well, actually, one of them I've known for quite some time, uh, but the other two I've met, um, and uh, we had a really good and you know weird and you know silly conversations, you know, together, and. Um, um, I made a comment um, uh, just like I would be fucking around with you or any of our friends, right? Uh, okay. So somebody, um, uh, Karina, can you butt in? What was the... So we were talking about snowing and, and I said, a man who has thick neck, they tend to snore more. He said, thick neck? I have a thick cock. Oh. Right out in the open. And it was the first time me meeting these people. So, um, so I felt very upset. Like, I felt very embarrassed, first of all. And in my mind, I was like, how can you say that out loud? Like, I just. Okay, what was, what was their he, reaction to his thick cock? <laughs> there's no reaction. There's no, nobody reacted. Oh, it just went right over like like everybody oh, yeah. tried to ignore it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> so. so so that that brought us to uh, to the next uh and uh Han, you can you know um interrupt me um uh, at any time. So, you know, to me it was like, you know, I was talking like to you, right? You know, you and I yeah. or Robbie or whatever. <laughs> you know, I'm hey, you you say like super chat all the time, right? And it's not a big deal. Uh, you got to know your audience. No, but the, the audience were just fucking fine. I mean, you know, uh, so one of the audience was one of my uh, best friends, Paul's ex-girlfriend, right? And that's where oh, I was you there. Yeah. You know, and uh, uh, I've met uh, the other two guy, uh, guys. They, they were a gay couple, you know. Um, uh, so, oh, so were you were you trolling for uh, for a reaction there, Alex? <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe a little bit. Who knows? You know, a little uh, a little dick envy can go a long way. Uh, you know, there was not such a you know a big deal to me. You know what I mean? Even though to a friend of mine. And there was, you know, like 20 plus years that I've known her. Um, you know, there was not a big but, deal to me. 
you know, but, but it's still Karina, like a fart in church. Uh, I'm sorry? It still went over like a fart in church. <laughs> uh, well, once again, I didn't think it was a big deal, and it's kind of, you know, <laughs> like I said, just, <laughs> just like well, you said, well, like a fart in church. Well, my 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 first thought is is one that would not be received well, and my my thoughts would be if you know you, don't be don't be sensitive. The tip of my dick is sensitive, <laughs> but if you could filter if you could filter that in language uh, that would be common to uh, Karina, it would be uh, pardon my faux pas. I'm just a jackass. <laughs> she already knows I'm a jackass. <laughs> the funny thing is when you... Yeah. No, so, so the reason why I reacted first, it was a female that he, he spoke to. Like, I have a thick cock, right? <laughs> and, then, and then second of all, like, you know, it's not something you say it out loud, like in a public, you know? Well, <laughs> and, uh, you know, because I think like, you know, it's sacred between us, between you and him. And he just said it out loud. It's like free for all, you know, and I didn't like that. You know, there's no exclusivity well, in okay. my eyes. Now, yeah, now I, I, I do. I can totally absorb that, you know, like, um, but, uh, you know, it's it's. It, I don't think that Alex or I would process it that way until it was brought to our attention because we're um, raise the bar kind of guys where take it to the next level. It's all about shock value. You know, um, we might say inappropriate things that would be interpreted as insensitive or racist where in none of, where none of these things We're more like George Carlin looking for that shock value. It, you know, so um, now I could understand how certain people in, in, in social situations would be taken off off guard or, um, you know, shocked by it. But it's half the point of why we're doing it is that crazy shock value. Um, I understand what you're saying, though, because um, you'll let your guard down amongst friends and in an intimate situation, you have the ability to say those things without being judged, you know? So I understand what you're saying is that that crossed the line socially because you're outside of your immediate friend group. And how could that be interpreted? It could be taken so many different ways inappropriately. And, and you have, you're not wrong feeling that way. Uh, but I do think you might be misinterpreting the intention of the comment to begin with. You know what I'm saying? I it, it wasn't inappropriate. Absolutely, but that's okay. the reason. That's the reason he said it. <laughs> slow down, your uh, speaking yeah. pattern, please. No, he's. Fine. I'm very sorry. But do it? Do I make sense? Like, uh, it, it's um, like this weird masculine uh, shock value, uh, possibly even borderline toxic masculinity thing happening, <laughs> where um. Because of our sense of humor, we wouldn't have added the levity. The, the you know, we wouldn't have put any severity to the comment. It was just shock value, you know. And uh, if if he tells you he has a huge dick, tell him to spit it out. It's not his. <laughs> um, so, Dean, my my explanation wasn't like you know what. Um, uh, we had a conversation, and Karina, please interrupt me if I'm wrong. Um, uh, you know, we had a conversation that there might be a cultural 
differences? I didn't want to per se go there immediately, well, but cultures do see things differently, you know, well, and uh, I have a friend who's like off the boat from Japan and he's, you know, very different than Chinese culture, obviously, but uh, the, the social mores and the way he responds to things is so unexpected at times just because it's a different culture. Well, Dave, you know? so what, what, what I, um, I made a point of is that, uh, uh, for example, um, you know, uh, when I grew up in, in uh, you know, ex-USSR, right? And uh, <laughs> we had, um, um, uh, let's say, you know, sexual, like anything about sex was uh, so hush-hush. It was so not accepted, right? Nobody could talk about any of it. But I would have thought that the thugs, it would have been their first mode of language, no? no? absolutely not. Nobody, really? No, nobody ever would talk about it. Nobody would ever mention anything about sex ever. Period. Right? Well, I know the old Soviet, it stays in your bedroom. Like, if you were any kind of sexuality, it was not to be displayed. Whether you were gay, straight, you didn't kiss in the streets, you didn't, you, that was all at the home. I know that. I, I, did, I you know. did not know gay existed, period, until I moved to the U.S. It wasn't even a concept? No. That's crazy. So, but what, what I'm trying to say is, um, is that um, you know, uh, sometimes when I'm making uh, making comments, right, and uh, just like that comment, for example, right, um, to me, and I, I told Karina, is that um, you know, it, it took me a really long time to get, you know, kind of comfortable with the like the sexuality and you know talking and making stupid comments like that right when i'm comfortable with making a stupid comment you know just for the joke of it yeah now now it's gone to i think what you're boiling it down to is that you and your friends like myself i mean sorry you expose yourself to people like myself who were just the wrong influence we <laughs> maybe yes you know but it's it's uh, it's 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 not meant into um in the wrong decision. However, you know, I, I do have to take into consideration what Korea is thinking, right? And, and to me, I cannot understand it really how uh, how it's not, you know, it might be a bad joke, but it's not. Yeah, in bad taste, sure. Yeah, fine, you know, and but it, but it's not being meant in. Um... Yeah, you're not being overtly sexual in any but way. But not only that, but I'm not trying to be rude towards anybody. Oh, like, you know what? Oh, my God. Okay, so I had a tenant downstairs, and uh, she made a joke about some married guy hitting on her. And uh, she was like, you know, uh, you know, you're married, you're taken, you know, I'm not looking at you. And I turned to her straight up and like she was talking about someone else. And I was like, you're not looking at married guys. I don't know what wrong, what's wrong with you. I'm sexy as fuck. Like, <laughs> I wasn't hitting on this woman. There was no sexual intention in my comment. But if someone was walking by 
and did not have a point of view or a reference to who we were or what this conversation was about and knew just who we were, but not our relationship and how we would joke with each other, they would probably think I was having an affair with this woman or trying to solicit her. You know what I mean? I so, did. yeah, like, yeah, sometimes. But no, but it, I was just being like, what's wrong with you? I'm sexy as fuck, you know, like, like, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I say these things all the time without like if I meant them, if I really wanted to hit on that girl, I wouldn't be able to say it. I'd be like, uh, 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 you know, <laughs> no, it's, it's but because yeah. it, you know, you can say anything because it doesn't matter because you're not looking to make an advance. So then just anything comes out and then you have to play catch up with the stupid shit you just said when your girlfriend gets mad. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so, so one thing I wanted to kind of uh, discuss and uh, get your opinion on is that uh, I, I want to get Karina's point of view of um... uh, you know Hold what? Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Huh. Um, it's, it's, uh, 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 I want you to try to explain the, the whole ex- exclusivity, so to speak, you know, and why, uh, why do you feel so sensitive, uh, about maybe, you know, comments or the thing that you do, you told me that, um, you know, the certain things belong in, um, you know, just between you and I, but I think we have a very different understanding of what that is. Can you tell me what you meant by that? Um, so we came, we came to the party together, right? And oh, we went yeah. to the party together. So we are together as a couple. And you just talk about <laughs> your sorry. private parts, like out. Open, yeah, I'm just I'm imagining you know, the outrage from open, your perspective. Just like, what if I said something about my pussy or something in public? <laughs> you know, like how would you like? You know, he'd probably fall over laughing, and you wouldn't know why. <laughs> you know, because this is something between two people. It's not for. It's not free for all. <sighs> Now, okay. Now, um, huh? I'm, I'm, I, I wonder if there was a, for instance, where something wouldn't be like so overtly sexual, but still sexual, but a generic comment. Like, what if he said something like when someone said, um, "Oh, that you know, that guy has no stamina," you know, and and he made a sexual joke and said, "Well, I can go all night long." Would would this equally be as offensive? That would be less. It has less. It has less uh, offensive ingredients in there. Okay, well, I'm just trying to compare and wonder, you know, like where is the line or what, you know, um, these things could be cultural. They could be very personal, you know, like you don't know why someone might be triggered by something, you know, it could be several thousands of things, you know, there could be, you know, someone who just made rude comments in your past and, and, and it affected you negatively. You know, there's so many different variables to this. And, um, you know, now that it's brought to attention, now it can be addressed, and I think that's what this conversation's about. But uh, the um, 
I think uh, also a point of it is to understand that no offense was made uh, or intended rather an offense was made, but an offense wasn't intended. Um, it's uh, yeah, no, I, I, I understand it's us Americans do have quite an outrageous sense of humor and um, comparatively uh, we, we do get into hot water globally for our ridiculous, outrageous okay. uh, comments, whether they're humor or not, you know, we... Another thing, they don't call it the private part for no reason. It's private. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to... I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because of the... Um, it, it, it shows how serious the situation is when we didn't intend anything serious by such a silly comment. So when you, when you're, um, it becomes an oxymoron to me because I could imagine me saying something like this and the shock and horror of the people around me and me thinking that I just got a zinger and everyone should be laughing on their, you know, rolling on their back and, and everyone's like crickets and looking at me like, holy shit, you know? And so I understand the, you know, the, the embarrassment that I would feel, when it went over like a fart in church and <laughs> you know uh i'm i'm seeing the contrast or the irony of someone intending something to be chuckly and someone being hurt by it it's almost like a rom-com situation so i'm i'm, I'm laughing at the irony of it all and and how i'm so typical to put you know it's typical of me to put my foot in my mouth socially like this you know, trying to be funny and saying something that's okay, so Dave, horrifying to the people uh, around If you don't, ma'am, uh, don't mind me to interrupt. Um, no, of so, course. Uh, the thing is, is uh, like my uh, point of view on this, right? And that's one thing I cannot understand. And uh, if you, you are understanding, you know, you better men than I am. But, um, there was nobody hurt. There was nobody insulted by my comment. And well, in, in, yeah, in, in, oh, I'm including, sorry. Um, uh, Karina, she was not even part of the conversation. No, it was because I was the one who asked you about the neck. I was the one who was about this, who said about the thick neck. No, actually, there was uh, 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 B that did. No, no, no. We're but wait a second. But was she there? Right? Oh, no, the, the, sorry. But, but anyway, but uh, it's it's not it's not the point. The the point being, it was just one tiny little comment that ended up turning into um, an argument and um, uncomfortable situation later around. Not not right there on the spot, right? But later. And well, reason, well, she she obviously was affected when it happened. Reason, she was affected. The reason why it turned into an argument because he took it as I was trying to change him. I was trying to like change, like tell him what to do and what not to do. Like I'm trying to control him. That's what he took it as. No, Alex, you got to figure it this way. And if it, it, pardon me, if if I go on too long, just you know, so you can interrupt me at any point in time. Don't feel like you can't. Um, you facts are facts, and situations happen, and you can spell out exactly how it happened. We know that this comment was said. We know that no one reacted immediately, but we also know that maybe nobody around you reported an offense. We can't really speak for the 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 gay couple and your friend without having them 
here to make their comments, but we can assume that it wasn't offensive enough for them to comment on, or they found it amusing and let it pass, right? But the truth is, one thing we can explain is that Karina was hurt by it. And we can talk about facts and we can hash and measure and 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 get like forensics evidence on what happened. But what we can't do is ever explain a feeling or why something affected us. Now, all we can do is make our apologies, explain to Karina that we did not come from a hurtful place that was um, motivated sexually by, you know, like, like he wanted to advertise, like you wanted everybody to know that you had a giant dick, you know, or you were flirting with that girl or that gay couple that, I, that, that has to be established that that wasn't your intention. Uh, it was, it was a joke in bad taste and Karina does have the right to register an offense because we can't explain feelings. You might get burnt by a lighter and it might be a mild inconvenience where someone else could be hurt and it could bother them for days and days. So what we feel can't be explained by facts or external evidence and things like that. So we do have to register that Karina was now knowing that you care for this person love and are developing a relationship with this person all we can do is try to monitor our behaviors so that we're not hurting the loved ones because you know you might want to make a good joke and you might want to be the life of the party and mr funny man on the spot but you also don't want to be someone who is hurting your loved ones purposefully so all we can do is try to be mindful because feelings can't be explained. We could, the three of us could watch a car accident. I could be laughing hysterical because I saw a guy get hit and his shoes went flying through the air and I'm laughing my ass off. You could be looking at it like, oh my God, that was a 57 Chevy that just got damaged. Oh my God. And then Karina could say, oh, my God, was that my friend's grandfather and be crying? So we all witnessed the same thing, but we all walked away with a different feeling from it. And there's really no way we can truly explain our feelings or why. So all we can do is be mindful of them. Karina might be mindful that she's sensitive to these things and know that this is your crazy sense of humor. And if something should happen to slip she could bring it up later and say, hey, hun, that that kind of offended me. I know you didn't mean it that way. Let's just be a little more careful because I don't want to be caught in a awkward situation socially where I'm having a hard time containing my feelings. And you could say, Hey, hun, I'm going to be careful. I'm going to slip. I'm going to make outrageous comments, but I'm going to try to be more mindful. But Karina, I would ask you this. If we started to tone down those things and keep them on a private level, would that be more offensive because let's say, you know, guys talk and, we, oh, you see that girl? Oh, she's hot. Oh, my God. Did you see that ass? I buried my face in that ass for days. Now, if we did it now, we would, Alex and I and Robbie and the rest of us will make that same comment at a wedding in a wedding hall. We will be in our tuxedos. It could be my wedding day. And I'd be like, my God, I'd eat that girl's ass. Did you see that waitress? Holy shit. Now, I'd say that out loud in front of my wife. And she'd be like, you're a jerk. And roll her eyes and walk away. You might take offense to that. Now, listen to this situation. Now, we're on the side and being quiet and whispering amongst ourselves. Because we're trying not to offend anybody. But we're making those same comments. Doesn't that add levity to it? Doesn't that become sneaky? And, you know, you come around and we quiet up now because we don't want to offend you. Now it becomes something with motive and it becomes something with intention. So I would say 
as long as those comments are flowing freely, there's probably never a danger. But when someone starts to monitor what they say around you and quiet up when you come around, there, there actually might be a danger. So I would ask you, I wouldn't demand it of you, but I would ask you to have some patience and understand that we're overt. We, we're, we're so Captain Obvious, you can see us coming for miles, but it's because we're honest with who we are. And we don't hide our intentions. So if you could consider that in the way you process what you might witness in the future so that we can kind of, you know, don't, that doesn't mean you won't be affected. That doesn't mean that you won't feel something. And if you do, you need to bring it to our attention because it's the only way we can make change. But we would also ask you to understand our stupidity. And understand that we're overt, not covert kind of people. And, you know, when someone overt starts to act covert, it becomes suspicious or frightening or, you know, like something's hidden. And then it becomes a perceived offense, even when none is there. Because now we're quieting down when you come in the room type of thing, you know. And then that's like, oh, Jesus, you're always talking behind my back type of thing, you know. And I wouldn't want that to happen either. You know, the uh, so, uh, one of the beauties about uh, uh, having like a like a really true relationship is uh, is not to hide anything. Yes, but that doesn't mean we want to hurt people's no, feelings knowingly. You know, see, at the same the time, thing, is that like you know, no. it, it goes beyond um, of of. Uh, I don't think you or I. <sighs> anybody that we know trying to hurt anybody's feelings right but yeah, we yeah. are humans and we are uh, we are trying to you know just just be honest and open however not everybody understands what that means yeah if that makes sense but I, I, Karina, did anything that we said help you understand our point of view? Like, I, I cannot change your mind and I can't change how you feel. All I can do is explain our intentions and, and try to find a middle where we can, you know, open up a, a good, a good, healthy, you know, communication so we can avoid this type of thing in the future. I really like what you said about the shock value. It's what guys look for because I didn't know that. And the other thing that, that you said was oh, like, we, it, it, it's better to say it out loud than whispering in the corner, you know, with like, like, uh, yeah. like, um, like an intention that you don't want people to know, you know. So I really like... I, yeah, because right. then it becomes yeah, secret. So I, really, I really like those two things that you point out. And, um, and I really like that you said, uh, you know, feelings, there's no, there's no judging of feelings. I... People feel how they feel. You know? Yeah, you can't change that. And then nor can you really, I mean, you can try to explain it, but would anybody really ever get it? You know, like you've, you've maybe stubbed your toe before, but when you see someone else stub their toe, you're like, look at that jackass jumping all over the place. You can't reconcile with that pain. You know what I mean? It's, it's so strange. Right. So, and, but another thing that I didn't yeah. understand was why he took it as like, I try to change him into someone he's not like he thought i was trying to suppress him or change him or control him i i can i can explain well, hold on d i don't think uh, i will explain 
Um, and, yeah, okay. Uh, you tell me, you and I would not have this conversation right, about this before, so. Um, not so yet, I'll no. Wait. I mean, maybe another time, another place about someone else, and I'm sure we've offended people with things we've said before and had to mention it. I don't, nothing so, comes so, to mind. Uh, so but, I will explain, you know. is because um, I, I, I was, I, I felt well, if uh, I, if I, filtered, okay. right? Uh, so just because just, just I was because just they made a yes. comment to uh, to the people that I've known, you know, and I've had a lot more fucked up conversations with those people before. <laughs> so oh, yeah. this yeah, if, was uh, yeah, if, if, if the big cop was not doing funny. Oh, boy. <laughs> like you don't know how bad it's gonna get, Karina. You better put on your seatbelt. I actually told her exactly <laughs> the same thing. I'm like, you, you know, if you're gonna hang out with me and my friends. You better buckle up, Dorothy, because this is going bye-bye. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the bottom line is, it's yeah. like, you know, you know I, I don't want to be, you know, filtered or, you know, I, I don't want to watch what I say around my friends. <laughs> Well, I was just going to say, a lot of people will think about the words that they're about to say and they'll measure them and then they'll weigh those words to make sure that they're phrased correctly and then say things. Most of the people we hang out with speak candidly, like you're hearing it the same time they are. It's just, it's just, they, they, there was no thought. It was just open the mouth and the thought came out. Well, and, they, you know, you, you know, like, see, good God. See, and, and see, I understand the thing what, is that, you know, um, you know, I've been in, um, you know, a sales industry and like, you know, in a professional industry for a really long time. I pretty, pretty much know what I can or cannot say in front of certain people. You know? Yes. Even yeah, you, you measured uh, the morale. Even though I have no filter in, in, in front of certain people, I definitely have a filter. In, yeah, in you wouldn't have made that. Others. You know, so I do know. Yeah, you wouldn't have that in front of Trey Parker. Well, with no Trey, problem. I can, you know, <laughs> Um, yeah, but I'm just saying, Chuck Norris, you wouldn't have said that. You know, it would have uh, been, you know, I mean, well, you said just professionally, you, you measure, measure yourself. yourself. Let's leave it uh, there. Depending that, on right? who you're talking to, right? But uh, when it, I'm in front of France, I refuse to filter myself. Yes. Now, Karina, do you measure your words? Uh, like, I, I, I would like to learn how to do this because I think that I could speak eloquently if I actually took the time to measure my words. <laughs> but uh, I like right now you're hearing it as I am. I am. My thoughts are just rolling straight from my brain to my mouth. There's no in between. Do you measure your words? Um, what is measuring your words means? Like you think about your, the sentence you're about to say and you weigh the weight and make sure that you're not misspeaking or misappropriating a, a phrase somehow. Like a lot of times I'll, I'll uh, be so quick to say something that I'll say it in a way that is strange and I should have thought about that and phrased that no, I, you know, I don't, better. I, I don't and then I'll kick my myself words, but at the same time, I know what not to say and what to say. Like, I wouldn't say something out there like that. But, uh, uh, can I, uh, Karina, if you don't mind, uh, can I ask you a question? Yeah. 
is is it in front of everybody or or let's say if you can talk to yourself yes you know right and nobody's around and like uh, let's say if you're angry or mad or excited mm-hmm. um, uh, would you use different words like would you say fuck you know goddamn fucking rich cunt or whatever w- would you say something that if nobody around no I don't you would never well, do that. I say fuck sometimes and I wow. say fuck in front of people sometimes too okay so how does that um... it, it's not it's not the word it's it's Because it's so, I don't know, it's, it's, it's so private. What you said was so private out in the public. It's tell tell me how private is that? Like, that's, that's one thing I don't understand. Um, um, it, so, it, not only private, but the way you put it like a thick cock, you know? It's like, it's really, it's like, it's like, it's like really detailed describe. Wait, I'm sorry, Kareem. Like, nobody you... knows if, if it's true or not either. You know, I can have like a tiny little fucking dick, you know, and nobody knows about it. It was just a joke. It was just a comment. Nobody knows. Neither one of the three people besides you have ever seen my dick. And, and I guess... You see, I, I use... I use the exact opposite mentality. I'll tell people that I have a very diminutive penis. And I, I prefer to use non-threatening because the ladies and like I guess that. If it, wasn't, if, it, if it was a guy that you were talking to. It wasn't two no, guys. It was, it, no, it, was, it, was a, it was a girl. You were talking to a woman. Ah, no. <laughs> you were talking to Bethany. Say, so I have a big cock. No, I was talking to two gay guys no, they were, that were sitting there. Maybe no, you were talking to Bethany. This specific conversation was between you, me, and Bethany. Hold on. I want to ask a yeah. question. I want to ask a question. Karina, is, is Bethany hot? Nah. I don't think she's hot. Nah. See, that changes everything for That's me. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, you know, there, there was a conversation of there was a friend. So Bethany was my other best friend's ex-girlfriend right oh so it's sort of like telling uh, melissa i had a giant cock oh lord basically you know uh and there was two gay guys well, that were sitting there as well a gay couple surprised the gay guys didn't well, tell you to prove you know. it <laughs> <laughs> someone you, you know someone gonna call you out on your shit you knock on the devil's door long enough sooner or less well, someone's you know, gonna answer they're just gonna have to smack it around <laughs> once in a while you know and see what happens <laughs> slap it <laughs> scream spider and run but my point being is it's like it was so non um invasive situation you know what i mean like the the they were just like um once again yeah but But Alex, you, you have to appreciate that as much as you think it was a non-invasive situation, she feels I the do opposite. I understand like, that. It's and, and you know we have to appreciate that and we have to be proactive about people's feelings. It doesn't mean you have to change who you are. It just means you might have to be more careful of your audience. You know, 
That's all. Just and, and be mindful. And if you do happen to slip and say something, you can kind of give her a look like, oh, boy, did it again. You know, like, oops, you know, maybe there's a communication that maybe there's a way that she could kind of. So you've crossed the line, making it a social conundrum, you know, like a way she could roll her eyes that, you know, oh, Jesus, watch what I say, you know, because you, we don't want to hurt our loved ones. And, you know, maybe later she could, you know, get you home and take it out on you, you know, like you're a bad boy. <laughs> and you could turn it into something fun. You'll be punished. Yeah, but it, well, you know, it it uh, once again, it's just <laughs> it's, like you know. Yeah. Then you. I, 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 so my uh, my pushback on that is that you know um, what she said. Like, I, I don't want to be changed, right? Like, I don't want to be controlled as far as what I do and how I talk in front of people, in front of my friends, or whatever, right? No, but would you ever do anything knowing that it would hurt me? Of course not. Okay, so I think that conversation's set to rest. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, you fucking asshole. But it's true. You you know you don't have to change her. You just have to be aware of her. You know I mean, what I mean? And uh, Jesus Christ. But serious, no, no. There's a very happy medium here, and I think you guys are being very like unbelievably mature to discuss it to discuss it in this way for her to have the courage to say that situation bothered me is fucking epic because if she kept that and buttoned her lip it wouldn't stop and eventually it would rot everything that could be so this is actually awesome so I think I think this is a, a very healthy place to be. And it's it's kind of cool that you guys are approaching it on this level at this time, which means if you guys can manage the small things as if there's an old you remember that book, Hagakore? It's a book of these some some young samurai went in to find it was the 1600s and the wars were over and this guy was training to be a samurai. But all the samurais were lazy and no one was taking this training seriously. And he got fed up with it. And he went to find this retired warrior who was a general from the from the warring ages. And he was this old man who became a priest in the woods. And he found this guy on the mountain in the forest and he had conversations with him. And all he wrote down is the weird things that the uh, old man would say to him. Some of them are comical. Some of them are very wise and deep and stoic. But um, the old man explains a couple of very interesting things. And uh, the reason I brought this up, holy shit, we might have to edit this part out. Um, he, uh, why did I bring up Hagakori? God damn it. What, what was the last thing you were saying? Come on, Dave. You can't pull, pull it together. Yeah, give me a second. I can pull it together because that guy, Hagakori, the, the guy who wrote that was amazing. And But there was a particular thing that was just said that I was going to reference. So if we could get back to that thing that was that was said, it would trigger me to get to the point. So we were talking about, and hopefully when I, I, I actually got to post this whole thing right away. Um, but um, uh, we were talking about um, uh, our relationship and uh, being able to. Um... That oh, that's what he said. Listen, he said if we deliberate small things as if they were a great conundrum, like a big problem, when big problems come around, we will deliberate them like small issues. 
Do you understand? They'll pass like they were minor issues. So this is minor. This is, and if we get this out and we can plan through it and solve it like a mystery ever, when a big problem does come around, you guys will already have the foundation to sort through your problems. Do you know what I'm saying? And that's what the old man taught that young samurai. He says, take care of the small details as if they were the biggest problem ever. This way, when the biggest problem comes by, they will pass like insignificant things. Okay, Dave. So in this case, um, uh, can you reflect on uh, what? Have you had that issue uh, with your wife? Of course, of course. I can't bring up an issue right now, but I say ridiculous shit all the time. And for the first 10 years of our relationship, my wife would yell at me and tell me I have to know my audience. Um, I make ridiculous jokes. I am outrageous. Uh, like to the point where what you said the other day is is it wouldn't even register for instance karina imagine sitting next to me at a tattoo parlor okay um there is a young black kid named Kristan who i adore this kid like he's like a son to me like uh honestly i would if i if i ever get the privilege to introduce him to robbie and alex i would introduce him as a friend of ours not a friend of mine. That's how much I adore this guy. Um, young kid, 21, skinny little black kid, funny as hell, really great outlook on life. And uh, people would come in. He's the piercer. And families would come in. And obviously, I'm on Long Island. 80% of Long Island is white. So you could imagine most of our clientele. So, uh, you know, we do get a, a, a good mix. But, you know, in the in the area and the and the island i'm on it was mostly a white upper middle class clientele um people would come in with their young daughters 13 years old they have to get this paperwork signed and get a notary to fill it out and Kristan would be next to them with the paperwork showing them you have to sign here you have to get the you know get this notarized and you have to fill out the paperwork here you know nobody's pregnant nobody's this all the all the health check questions and i'd start wiping my brow and acting nervous and Chris would look to me and go, what's the matter? And I was like, Chris, you know, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't mind or nothing, but you know, if the neighbors find out that you can read <laughs> <laughs> and I'm saying this shit in front of customers. <laughs> so yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> I don't think uh, Karina got the joke. Oh, really? No, I don't think she did. She'd have to appreciate American racism. (laughs) 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 See, see, that's the thing. uh, My my, my whole point being as as far as uh, that goes, you know, uh, no matter what you say, what comes out of your mouth, you know, uh, you have... Listen, you don't have to be obnoxious to make somebody feel bad, right? Um, but a bad joke or a good joke or whatever it is, you know, it's just a fucking joke. To me, that was obnoxious. <laughs> to me, that was so obnoxious. 
<laughs> obnoxious is the exact word I would use, Alex. That's beautiful. Yes, it is obnoxious, but the, but pardon us. For us, that's the humor. And that's why, like, I'm not being insensitive when you say these things. I'm actually confronted by the sensitivity that I would otherwise socially not have picked up on. And I am laughing at the irony of myself digging a hole and not realizing it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm imagining me saying this and then coming home, thinking I'm about to have a romantic night. And as soon as the door shuts, my wife goes, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> but you know what? Going, wait, uh, like, what? In, in, anytime you say something, right, and you look at uh, somebody else's eyes, right? Listen, I, I don't need to say anything. And uh, you or I or anybody else can insult somebody just by the look in your eyes. Oh, yeah. We're probably pretty good at it. You know what I mean? So, uh, but when you say something stupid and, uh, you know, whatever, obnoxious or whatever, if you look into to somebody's eyes, you can see if it's meant to hurt you. Oh, you mean, yeah, where it's oh, coming from. It's sure. just mischievous, you know? <laughs> I can understand Does why Kareen is probably grinding her teeth, though. She she can't understand us, and I I think that's it's ironic, but and that's the humor of it because we meant it to be funny. So the fact that the that it didn't that it wasn't funny is is almost funny, you know. It's <laughs> I I kind of agree with that. <laughs> like oh okay, horrific. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> oh, Karina, I'm so sorry that you don't understand us. <laughs> it, it's so much funnier on this side of the fence. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know, we, we are a couple of douchebags just fucking saying shit just to um, say shit. Have, have, Karina, have you ever heard of Opie and Anthony? No, she has not. Now, Opie and Anthony didn't shape us, but they definitely they were did, an influence. They were an influence. I think it shaped you because you were so un-American that you almost learned how to be American by Opie and Anthony and us knuckleheads and other stupid teenagers that you met. You know, and that was probably a terrible crash course on how to be American, just to be honest with you. Well, you know what, you my know? friend? You know, uh, the, the moment when you start speaking with a Russian accent and mispronouncing words, after you met me. Yeah. I do, you know what? Oh my God. You have to meet. I want you to meet my friend Noman. He's from Pakistan and he speaks very well. But once in a while, if you get deep in conversation, it, it starts to come out a little bit. Like he, the, the deeper you go in conversation, his, his accent becomes more apparent and it, it becomes like he starts searching for the words. And then I start doing that stupid shit. <laughs> And I catch myself. Oh my god! Oh my god! Like I, w I've been told that it's a sign of empathy, but I've also been told that it's insulting to immigrants. No, it's not necessarily that. To be honest with you, that's uh, actually um, a very natural, um, natural skill. It's called. Yeah, we it's, it's, it's called mimicking. Okay. Okay. And yeah. that uh, comes from NLP and psychology, right? Uh, so this this is how you influence people, and how uh, that's how you um, relate to people. 
Very interesting. Yeah. Well, I want to relate to Karina, but I feel like I failed. I feel like I've only explained my point of view, not explored her point of view enough. But I do believe that I've helped explain to you the difference between you and her and how, why you feel these things, you know, like I, I, I totally know that you didn't mean any offense by this. You know, if you, um, because it was overt, I know that you meant nothing, you know, it, when you start becoming covert, when I start asking you what's going on and you tell me nothing and I tell you, your voice doesn't sound right. You tell me, no, I'm fine. I know you're lying because you're being covert when you're being overt. I know you know, I'm getting Alex right now, you know, and there's very few times that you hold back. Uh, you know, you held back when you were going through your bad time at the end of Florida. You know, you didn't you weren't very candid about your experiences. What if I did speak to you rarely, it was no, I'm fine. Meanwhile, you're pit fighting and living in a car. So when you're covert, I know when you're when you tell me everything's fine and you don't want to tell me details, I know something's wrong. When you tell me too much, I know everything's fine. So I would just say, Karina, I, I can't, um, I cannot change the way you feel about this. I can only try to help you understand our point of view and try to help Alex find tools to uh, communicate better. So uh, um, just know that when we're being overt, there's very little to it. It's it's when it, when guys like us stop talking, that's when it's dangerous, because we're natural talkers. We like to conversate. We like to hear our own voice in a way, you know. And if we're being quiet, if he quieted down around Paul's ex girlfriend, I would tell you, holy shit, be careful. You're walking into a minefield. But the fact that you know he could talk like he did means that he's not trying to impress these people. He's not trying to gain little points and, you know, make a move. So I think uh, my mom, my, my mom used to say my, my people used to accuse my father of looking at a girl's ass here and there. And my mother used to say, when he's looking, I'm, I'm safe. It's when he stops looking that I know he's got somebody. Does it make sense? Mm -hmm. So my mom said, oh, when he's talking to his friends about this girl or that girl or looking at a playboy or looking at a, a nudie flick or looking at a girl in the mall, he know she knows that he's safe and he's she's only he's only with her. It's when he stopped looking at that girl's ass that she would start to assume that he might have somebody on the side. So my mom said, oh, if he's you know, if his eyes are wandering, that means I'm safe. When his eyes stop wandering, that's when I'm in trouble. <laughs> that's, so, that's, that's kind of silly. When he's, <laughs> but it's true because that means you're hiding something now. You're changing your behavior. Uh, that's, that's so when you're, when you're all, hey, Dave, life sucks. I'm going through this. I'm going through that. Or life is awesome. I just got into a fight and I love my dog and we were playing fetch and, you know, that I know Alex is okay, but when I call up Alex and he's like, no, mm, nothing to talk about. Oh boy. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Who did you kill? 
<laughs> Where's the body, Alex? <laughs> so, you know, I, I would say while he's making these overt jokes, I would say you're probably in very good standing. So, uh, it's so, when, so Dave, I, I was trying yeah. to make this. Uh, we, we had, um, and um, uh, maybe, you know, if anybody hears this, right, um, um, at one point, um, uh, so uh, we had a conversation, really interesting conversation uh, with Karina, right? Um, so Karina, uh, she's super kind and, you know, willing. So every time she was here, she's trying to make um, uh, the house, you know, look nice and this and that, right? To make it a sanctuary, right? And we had this conversation um, the other day as far as... You know, like I, I like I don't like to be at home, right? Like I don't like to be in, uh, you know, in my house. You're a social person. You like to be out and about, right? Uh, and for Karina, but uh, it make it, it didn't really make much sense, right? Because right? for her, her house that's her century. You know, for me, my century is you know having a oh. hundred thousand people around me. And it makes that's a bit. Uh, no I, I, I don't mean to, to hurt her. you, Alex. I don't mean I don't mean to hurt your feelings, but that has a bit to do with things, a little bit of anxiety and and possibly depression. When when you need company, it, it's a bit of a warning sign. And not that people don't need company. Everybody needs social interaction. But when you aren't good company to but yourself, Dave, you have you have to understand. I've been like this since I was six. Uh, I think you'll you'll have, like uh, strangely enough. I've always been, as you know, I was the type who couldn't be alone. You know, if I was left too long, especially if I was going through something, and 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 I know that I burdened you guys when I was going through a breakup or an argument with my girlfriend. I know that I drove my friends insane because it affected every part of me. So I appreciate your guys' patience and still being friends with me after all that. Thank you, but. Um, the uh, at, at that point in life, I couldn't be alone. I was, I just could not be comfortable in my own skin. I had to be distracted socially, whether it was someone coming over and spinning records or listening to me or sitting on my porch. I needed Ray or you, I needed company. Someone was always with me 24 7, and when it wasn't, I was self destructive. So I, I pray that, you know, not that you stop being social. That would be terrible. That's not what I wish for you. But I do wish for you a place in time where you're so comfortable with your own company that you don't need those other people. You want them, but you don't need them. You know what I mean? There's a difference between a want and a need. So uh, I've eventually gotten there. I'm, I'm strangely enough, Alex, you know me as such a social creature. I am not. I, this is my friendship. You know, uh, uh, my friendships have been reduced to phone calls. I don't go out unless I go to the grocery store. <laughs> so, you know, but uh, even when I have the chance, like if my wife goes upstate New York, to visit her mom and takes the kids with her. I am so happy just being by myself. And it's very strange. I've never been like this in my life. I finally appreciate my own company. Not that I don't want interaction. 
I'd love for you to go riding with me through the woods and through the mountains with machine guns getting drunk. <laughs> That's fun. But but I am very happy doing that by myself until you join me. <laughs> uh. Karina, you want to get drunk and go driving through the mountains with machine guns? <laughs> that does not sound fun. <laughs> oh, what do you know? So, so let me... So let me explain, uh, Dave. The whole topic got started, right? Because, you know, and he said he doesn't like to be at home, you know. And I say, okay, what can we do to make this place better for you, right? And a good fun. So, so because for me, it's like home is where we come home and we cover for for, it's a safe, it's supposed to be a safest place to. Yes. yeah, yeah it's your haven. we stored yes. our souls so we could go out and take on the world, you know. But when he say he feels not happy being at home, he feels uncomfortable. So I'm like, okay, well, how can we make this place comfortable for you, you know? And um, yes. yeah, and that doesn't mean make a homebody, Alex. That just means that she's trying to turn like you. Everybody needs a place to feel safe and recharge, and you know, uh, regroup for tomorrow. Yes, you know, and so having a good feng shui in the home and feeling relaxed and comfortable there will, uh, it'll give you actually, you know, you like to be out of the home. If you're comfortable in your home, you'll be more comfortable when you're outside. Well, uh, one thing. So, um, you know, and I, I I give this example to Karina is that, uh, I was in Hawaii when when I lived in Hawaii, right. I had, uh, this beautiful, you know, a, a huge, you know, place with windows open, with a waterfall on the back. You know, my dog had to run around. I still would spend only uh, as much time as I needed to sleep in there. Okay, and it was super comfortable. You know, and but I enjoy being out. It's either the beach or around people or somewhere else. Yeah. So. Um, the, the restorative part for some people it's not the same right well why not start to bring some people back to your house once in a while and make your house a social hub like my apartment like used my to be house? like, like my what mom's house mom's my house, mom's, my mom's house. You you always brought people back to your mom's? Well, you guys fucking RSVP for my birthday parties like a year in advance. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like like just, you know, uh I think I I, I understand what Karina's saying. And I, um it, it your house should be your temple. It should be a shrine to you. And you know. So it it should be a place that, you know, you might not want to rush back all the time, but it should always be a place that's comfortable going back to, you know, and uh, the the comfortable part. But uh, why can can I must try and be just outside of the house? See, this is another thing, right? Well, that's fine. Right, Dave. You know, if I need other people to be happy, you know, that is not sustainable. You know, because what happened if you're stranded in the island? What what happened? There's nobody around. You know, then what? You know, if I need other people to fulfill me, then I don't think that's a a good plan. Well, I, I 
I see what you're saying, but the, this is also an evolution. People don't stay in these modes forever. They they go through their changes, and and right now he needs that social interaction to keep him empowered. It's his source of energy because. You know, uh, consider this, uh, Alex's background. He, uh, you know, he, he, he was at home growing up in a very stable, normal, predictable environment. And all of a sudden, when he was a young man, not even a teenager, his, his life was violently up, upheaved. And all of a sudden, it began the series of events where he traveled around the world. So um, Alex's home to him may not be the same as you and me may have been with our upbringing. I'm not sure. You know, I was um, in one place my whole life. My family never moved. Uh, my family, although my mother and father probably should have gotten divorced, they were stubborn and wouldn't break their vows. They refused to, you know, say it was over. So they probably should have, and it probably would have been much more healthier if they did separate, but they, you know, were very, but my home was chaos and violent. My father was an angry person, but it was very predictable. It was very, you know, it, it wasn't ever, it was, it was stable. So I, I, it was very predictable for me, but Alex's environment had changed substantially several times. So his connection to the home hearth is a different, connection his home and hearth are the people mm -hmm. that he loved and was with not a location that we returned to you know you and me we grew up had a problem we could run back and the physical house was the home base my family was not the comfort my home was because my family was violent and conflicted and it was a big confrontation for me but the home was still predictable even if it was violent and my father was angry you know i still knew what to expect at all times you know so you know um i think we may have had a different concept of what is a home to alex the people he loved and endeared himself to became his home so when he was at my apartment, knowing he was surrounded by loved ones was the same as you and me returning home from school and having a bowl of cereal. So I don't think that Alex is opposed to accepting your point of view that the home could be a safe place because the home is where you are and you're a loved one. So I think we can easily establish the connection between you and the home. And that this becomes a safe place for him because he's not necessarily running back to the building, but he's running back to you, whom is his loved home. You know what I mean? And slowly we can integrate both of yours and his philosophy of what is a home. But it will take a little bit of work on both of your behalfs. So you're going to have to understand that the people are more of the home, his loved ones. And although you might become his most loved you're not his only loved but you're still going to be the place he returns to every evening so you create the home 
and slowly show him your perspective and he becomes comfortable returning and becomes more aware of his surroundings when you put the metal in the northwest and you put the earth in the east i mean southwest and you start to create those feng shui love connections of the father corner the mother corner the romance you know i've I've done a little bit of looking into this i know earthware and wood belongs in the southwest uh i'm sorry sorry south Yes, Southwest, and I know the father corner is the Northwest and things like that. And uh, it, and it, it works because I find myself, once I understood, I started learning about feng shui after I lived in my home, and I always hang out in the father corner of the house, always. And it's just where I am. And when I found out about feng shui, I was like, holy shit, I'm following feng shui without even realizing it. I'm attracted to that father corner naturally so i accommodate the father corner and the romance corner and the you know the kids are in the west of the yard and even in my yard it just happened to be before i knew about feng shui the playground wound up in the west and you know it's just these things balanced themselves out and became more comfortable so what i'm saying what i'm suggesting to you is follow your plan slowly make the place more comfortable and more home hearth temple you know energy restoring place to recharge and alex will naturally be drawn there because you are there alex is attracted to the connection of the family more than the building of the home you are connected to both and i i don't see a conflict i just see two perspectives that need to come together so if you could slowly use your feng shui, you know, maybe it's crystals, maybe it's singing bowls, whatever, maybe it's a mirror at the window to keep the demons out, you know, and slowly Alex will resonate with this because whether you accept these sciences or not, they affect us. So he will be affected by the changes you make and he will be more comfortable with the physical building. But just know that what brought him to that building is not the building, it's you. Do you think so, Alex? And Do you think that would work? <coughs> he don't fucking know. <laughs> That's the part I'm going to have to edit it out. What's that? Do you think I'm talking shit? No, dude. So, so one thing I want to say, right, um, um, Dave, you say his loved yes. ones is his home, right? But the thing yes. is, the bar, the people at the restaurant across the street are not his loved ones. They're just people that he meet. He calls his his community. Like usually the people he knows, his friends are there. And that's where he, feel, he feels home. Well, also understand that his his adventuring spirit, I mean, if he didn't have that spirit when he was thrust into these new environments, he would never have found this extended family that he created for himself. You know, how would he have known me if if he didn't thrust himself into a new situation and see, you know, like he, he accepted a lot of people when he met me and slowly certain people showed their colors and they were eliminated and certain people became closer. Slowly Robbie, Alex and I became closer while certain people like Jeff and Ryan drifted away because 
they were just the wrong people. You know, like I guarantee you give Alex a month of hanging out over there and he's going to have one or two very true friends. He's going to wind up with some strange lifelong connection. It's just the way he does it. It's his way of adapting and in a new situation like this you know like uh me and my wife have been married for well for four or five years we've been together for almost 17 and we've considered moving here and there in the united states my parents live in north carolina but they live like a half an hour outside of town out of city limits where you can like shoot in the backyard and just do whatever do whatever you want and people down there are very suspicious of Northerners. It would take us about six years to establish a good friendship if we moved down there. And although it's cheap, affordable, the land is free, we can sustain ourselves with the money we have and never want for anything. We know that if we move there, it would be the end of our relationship. Because it would be no one and just us alone. And that you can't put everything on another person. It's not fair. You need to have family and friends where if you guys ran into a little bit of a hiccup with a stupid argument over silverware in the wash, you know, in the dishwasher, you know, sometimes it falls through and you can't open the drawer. It drives my, I drive, it drives my, it drives me crazy. And my wife just can't learn how to put the fucking silverware in there. If her and I were stuck in the, in the hills of North Carolina for six years with no friends, that fork would turn into a murder. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not fair and it's not reasonable to put that kind of a stress on a couple where, you know, Alex and I, we've been friends for years, but I, Alex can't count the times that he had to call up Robbie and tell him what kind of a dick I was and how he wanted to choke the shit out of me. And Robbie said, yeah, yeah, I've been there too. You'll get over it. Give him a call in a month, you know, and, and we're, we're, we're still friends because of it. And nothing will ever stop us from being friends because we understand that sometimes I'm a dick, <laughs> you know? So, you know, it's not, it's not reasonable to put all that pressure. You're going to start to make friends. And I encourage that, you know, it shouldn't be that you move to Florida and you don't make any friends and you only come back home. You know, that's, it's, a, it's an unreal, realistic expectation for anybody in, even in the best of situations. You need a support system and you can't just put it all on one person. It's not fair, you know? Oh, I don't, I don't stop him from meeting people. I don't stop him from moving, like meeting new friends, but I just, um, but one thing that I just don't understand why, why he feels better at the restaurant across the street than his home. That's one thing that. Well, I'll tell you this. I know for a fact that I may I see different things when I go out to a bar or a nightclub. I see, I don't see what you see. I am actually I I bet you Alex would also mm-hmm. agree with this. He's watching every song and the way the crowd mm-hmm. reacts. He's paying attention to which bartender gets more attention and why. He's paying attention to the different clicks. 
and the different crowds and what motivates them because we're promoters. Mm -hmm. When we walk into a place, we're looking at it like if I ran the show, what changes would I make and how would I improve Mm -hmm. this place? How could I double the capacity? How could I get rid of that crowd and bring in more of that crowd? That guy's a problem that he's watching the bouncers. He's watching their body language. He's watching the drunk guy at the bar. He's watching the bartender have to turn down this guy's advance for three hours. He's paying attention to what people order their body language. Who's got a fat jacket on when it's warm outside because that guy's got a weapon. He's playing games in his head that you Mm -hmm. don't see. And it's just because of sort of like if you guys went to an ashram, he wouldn't see what you saw. You would see the singing bowls and you'd be taking inventory of crystals and the color combinations, the way they affect people and different incense and the way they would change moods. You'd be taking you'd be doing calculations that you that Alex and I couldn't Mm -hmm. imagine. He's doing Mm -hmm. that in a nightclub. He, and, and because he's worked in restaurants and other things, I'm sure it extends to even a restaurant. He's watching the waiters, the servers, the maitre d'. He's looking for weak points and strong points. He's figuring out if I work this place, I'd promote that guy and I'd fire that guy. You know, that's just the way his brain's going to work. So there's a lot more going mm-hmm. on. And uh, most of my friends, we're not very good with too much time to think. If we start thinking too much and we don't have something positive to work on, those things are going to turn internal and become very negative and dark. And so it's a it, we we like to in certain cases, especially in times of struggle, we need to be social. We need to escape from ourselves because our brains are a prison. Mm-hmm. You know, uh the more you learn about Robbie, Robbie needs to work. If Robbie went on vacation, all hell is going to break loose. You can't give this guy time off from work. He needs a project or he will become self-destructive. You know, and when you give him a project, he's, he's a bull. He's going to work like a, like a horse and he's going to accomplish it. But if you just left him with nothing to do, holy fuck, call the SWAT team. There's going to be problems, you know? So a lot of it is distraction and keeping yourself thinking of something so that you don't go too far inside yourself. But these are, you know, it's awesome that you see these things because, you know, the, 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 the more you learn about somebody, the easier it is to find solutions to problems. So, you know, I, I don't, I think this is awesome. I really do. The fact that both of you are, I think it's weird that you're choosing to talk to me about it, but it's, it's awesome that you're talking and finding a forum where you're not judging each other for your comments. He's not like, Oh, you're fucking being stupid. What the fuck's your problem? You know, where, you know, this is, this is a lot more healthy than you could imagine. So. Well, I think it makes for a shitty podcast, but hey, fucking cool combo. Hey, fuck it. It's the first one. One of many. No, you know what, though? 
No, you know, maybe I, I bet you there's a million people who go through this stuff daily. So maybe it would be very helpful. And maybe this would, you know, maybe someone would find a reflection of themselves somewhere in this conversation. You, you know, but, that it's, it's, it's really true. It's, um, there's just so many different, um, different ways to look at um, either what you've gone through or how you see other people. And, you know, it, it that's just the bottom line of it. Well, hey, I could invite an expert to chime in. I uh, am seeing a therapist every Thursday, and we do this on the phone. So why not invite him to this very podcast, and we'll bring that shit up again and hear what the experts well, have to say. you know, the experts <laughs> usually charge a lot of money. Uh, well, I'm already paying <laughs> him, so. <laughs> but n- not if it's being broadcasted. <laughs> But fuck him. <laughs> we could find out. But that would be, be fun. You never know. Be fun to see what he says. His professional point of view. Maybe, maybe we'll sure. get a Joe Rogan on a, on a call about that one. Why not? Oh my god! I found out Joe Rogan is fifty-one, and I am so fucking Why? pissed, Why? dude. Because that because he because he can still kick. I used to be able to kick like him with my right leg <laughs> only. Uh, well, you know. I will never forget the shin clash that you and I had. Yeah. Well, thank God. At least someone knows I used to be well, able to kick good. It wasn't that good. <laughs> Fuck you. you. Hey, very nice. Ooh. Yes. Uh, as long as you, as long as, as long as long as you can produce that thick <laughs> cock you're talking about. <laughs> you, you, I, I thought you. No, I think you're talking about the thick neck. Right. Yes. Right. Thick neck. Exactly. Right, exactly. Harder to choke you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, it's uh, almost uh, it's eleven thirty here. I'm gonna go and check out All what right, the missus is girls, doing. Um, um, thank you for Joe Rogan to inspiring us to do this podcast and uh, um, seventy six minutes. Uh, <laughs> okay, the first one. It probably sucks, but. Um, we're going to post it anyways, and uh, we'll see you next time. I think there's a lot of people who find it useful. We'll see you next time. Ciao. Tune in <laughs> or something. Okay. Bye. Talk to you in a bit. Love you. Bye. Bye, Karen. As I'm going, oh, the recording will begin soon. Okay. I'm listening to nice. I'm listening to nice parlor music. It's very nice. So you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not connected, huh? It's- oh, it said I'm. It said I'm recording. Right. It says you're about to start recording with Oleg. Recording will begin as soon as others join. So there's no, no one else to join. It shows that I'm recording now. Oy vey. Very strange. Hmm. That's okay. So it's telling me I'm coming about a minute in into the recording. So hopefully. It's a fucking great story. Hello?